0: once a week, once a t- um, like 10 minutes or 20 minutes every day.
1: Hey everybody, my name is Andrew Tran. I'm a digital strategist and performance coach. I help business owners and team leaders perform better by giving them the tools they need in order to lead their teams. Hey everybody, my next guest today is String Nguyen. She is a creative storyteller, social influencer, and brand specialist. She's based in Melbourne, Australia, and she's worked on a number of brands, including Lenovo, Wix, Blinkus, helping them all create amazing content along the way. She's currently working on her own startup, The Trusted Voice. It's helping professionals amplify their online brand and presence. For individuals, it helps them understand and improve their social influence in the space. And for brands, The tool helps them improve their social footprint and provide insights to develop content and support sales. We had a really cool and engaging conversation. We talked about her career. Um, We also talked about our heritage, our culture. Uh, We also talked about tips uh, that she's provided with regards to leveling up your LinkedIn profile, whether or not it's for a brand or for personal branding. But without further ado, give it up for String it. Hey, string. How things?
0: Life is interesting in COVID nineteen.
1: Are you still? Everyone's hating.
0: At- yeah. <laughs> well, like I think COVID nineteen. Everyone asks us how are you doing. It's like I'm loving it. It's like you know fried chicken and kfc. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying COVID nineteen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what's the? I what's- know. That's
0: like. I think that's different because, like, um, I've always been stuck at home or doing work from home and doing remote at home, so yep. this, it's not like a tr- um, major t- transition. If anything, I just noticed like I'm just more focused now.
1: Yep. yep. Why, why do you think you're, uh, why do you think the focus is a bit more um, kind of narrower nowadays? Is it just because you're forced, like everyone is forced to do you know uh, to work from home, so there's everyone's forced to be digitized?
0: I don't think so. Or for me, like, I don't feel like I'm boss. It's just, like, uh, it's giving me the space to create and to focus on my business. And instead of, like, um, I guess a lot of people, like, struggle with that because they don't know how to set boundaries. Whereas, like, I've been, um, maybe it's just the timing of things as well because, like, my business or my startup, The Trusted Voice, is growing. And it's always been online. And i made that deliberate move since day one because I knew that I had a very, like, global audience and uh, what I was doing is, like, very LinkedIn-centric. So even, like, um, if you're old school, and I remember, like, just having conversations with some people, they don't like messaging and like, I don't want to jump on Zoom. But, the, but they're also, I'm trying to teach them that conversations happen on messaging now. Like, we message. Even, like, we even message, He came onto my um, videos and started messaging me there first and then started moving the conversation to the inbox, which I think is like the, great, the right way of doing it or the yeah. nice way of doing it. You yeah. know? Um, otherwise, like I tend to like be very guarded, but if you use fried chicken in um, conversations, I'm like, hey, you're the best. I love you already. Uh, so I'm, It's like clues because they have kind of shows that they know my content and stuff. Yeah,
1: well, Um, Hey, actually, that's a good segue because uh, the trusted voice, like, uh, you know, it's in product mode. So, yeah, tell us a a little bit about that.
0: Um, At the moment, like, uh, I got pre-seed funding last year with Collider based in Brisbane. And so what they do is they help creative non-tech founders just do startup stuff. And a lot of people get confused with startup. Um, I'm from a non-tech background, but I hang out with a lot of geeks. So I always be interested in the space. And startup is some like i think the difference between brick and mortar and startup is like one yes you are testing out the product market fit but you're thinking of like solving big problems but you have to do it in a scalable way so that's like the major difference between a brick and mortar business and a startup like we like solving problems right so how do we create a product to do that so what i noticed was like a lot of like professionals are super smart but stupid at content why are you laughing at It's true. Like look at LinkedIn. Like it's like LinkedIn is a good one. Like there's a lot of smart people there. Yeah. But they're just like um consuming content but not creating or not leveraging their personal brand or like sharing their expertise and knowledge in a way that um is digestible or Um, makes them stand out, I think. And I just think that uh, with all the years of knowledge, what are you doing to archive that? Or what are you doing to use that to leverage and attract new audience, new business and opportunities?
1: Yeah, nice. And so I take it, the the startup is focused around helping uh, individuals uh, to kind of produce better personal branding through content um, and just highlighting that through technology.
0: Yeah, I I guess like, like I noticed like it's just giving them the space because uh, it's a membership program but we have other products as well and I'm probably going to show you after this as well so you could test it out yeah. um because it, what it is is just like giving them the space and the tools so they could create their own stories and align it with their values so I use LinkedIn because I realize personal branding for a lot of people doesn't make sense like it's like what do you mean it's me so because they, they we like our work and our life and our values are like sometimes disconnected mm-hmm. so you need to like find how do you connect combine these two things together and be, have a holistic approach about what you believe in because we work all the time so most of we'll do something that we like doing all the time
1: yep yep exactly and uh actually like this this creative mindset that you have um that's kind of culminated in your in your startup at the moment like how did it all start when it all begin?
0: you meaning like before i was born or <laughs> like how far do you want me to go because
1: as far as you can remember.
0: Okay. I, I have to start with my mum because she's a refugee from Vietnam. Okay. So she escaped the war in, you know, uh, to come to Australia yep, that's by herself. Yeah, yeah. we have, like, that. I know, like, I feel like that's a lot of, like, um, uh, history, right? Like, So she's – but the thing about her is, like, um, she came from a really poor-stricken family, like, uh, of nine kids or 11 kids like it's big numbers in Vietnam sometimes mm-hmm. and but she was the only one who didn't go to school because she worked in the farm so she made money for her siblings to go to school so education for her was super important and um I'm one of five kids so um uh, and being resourceful my mum made sure uh she used like like library as a way to not pay for childcare. so that like for me like hanging out at the library was like having google all the time but in books and all i did was read from romance books which i realize is shitty right now and um to all the way to psychology and hanging out with sigmund Freud and reading grief methodologies so that's where like i realized i've just had a curiosity for knowledge and i applied it through uh, all the way to like things that i care about and i realized like even in high school i hang out with the librarians because i just like hanging out with smart people and kick out with them and that kind of resonated through um my curiosity and I realized that uh, working, I graduated as an interior designer because I thought that was a creative way to you know, do business and creativity together. But it backfired on me because I wasn't happy. Why is that? Because I kept on doing um, the same franchise of possibly like the same cafes over and over again. And all it does is like reduces the cost, but it offers no creativity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. So I had to like um, became an artist, And did that well, really, like, won grants, had exhibitions. But then I realised it wasn't sustainable because, like, you know, artist has to have multiple income streams, not one income stream, Mm -hmm. for you to survive. Because you need to sit on money for you to, like, do stuff that you care about. And then that's when I moved to Sydney and that's how I got into video, like this live streaming platform called Meerkat. Have you heard of Meerkat? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It
0: blew up and I blew up with it. And then he died in six (laughs) months
1: but you survived yeah
0: yeah because i applied the same techniques like um building a community um creating content being a channel and understanding how to be engaging it's when you have all these layers that's when you become a channel right you can't people ask me like what's the fastest way to build up a personal brand it's like i'll be a channel it's like why because you have to show up you have to know your audience Mm -hmm. you have to know your expertise you have to be super comfortable being awkward because when you meet me in real life, I'm super awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like, I just wanted to emphasize that I just found something or I was lucky to, enough to understand who I was as a person and just apply that to what I do every day. And personal branding is just walking in your own truth every day.
1: Nice. And so in that case, you, you kind of found your calling pretty early and then you just stuck with it
0: uh i i I disagree i had a lot of interest
1: okay yeah i
0: just it's just because like i I went through the pathway of like um even though there's always formulas and everything what i realized is i had to go through that process because everyone goes through that process right you have a lot of interest you have what's the jujitsu boxing traveling they don't kind of make sense unless you go to thailand and live there
1: yeah. Well, the thing was, I, so the reason why I said boxing is because I started boxing when I was a kid. Right. And I, I did it because I had an older brother who uh, was way more gifted, like was more, had way more talent than I did. And, you know, when you have the sibling rivalry, you're like, man, I want to beat him. And everyone's like, yeah. yeah, you know, he's really quick. He's really good. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to work my ass off to, to, you know, surpa- to get to his level and then surpass him. And that's, essentially how I kind of did and, and yeah, like you said, you had to try different things. So I, I applied it for boxing. I tried different styles. And then eventually I found one that fit me. And then I just honed that craft. And then from there, I was able to kind of build resilience, and, um, you know, and change at the same time and, and go through adversities and eventually kicked his ass. So.
0: Did, um, like, but you kept on going, right? Like, or did you stop boxing? No, I kept on. Doing...
1: No, no. Uh, so I do it now recreationally. Uh, but I kept, I went as high as trying to get to the Olympics. Um, so, oh,
0: how did that go? Uh,
1: I got third uh, in my, like in the state. So it, you basically need to be first and then you just move on. So I got third, uh, but it was a good learning. It was good. Uh, it was a good exercise for me because at that time I, I I went through uni. I did the whole, you know, similar immigrant type of story as well. Like education was a big deal for uh, for me and, and my brothers and sisters, uh, for my parents, because they, you know, they came, they basically, like your parents, like your mother, like escaped from Vietnam, um, probably got processed somewhere in like Malaysia or uh, some other Southeast Asia country, uh, came to Australia, little to no money, had to work, 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 zero education at the same time. So, you know, education implied, like to us was really, really important. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, with that in mind, like, you know, I went through, I, I started uni when I was in high school, just so I can build up some credit points, um, race through uni, didn't really appreciate the time that I had in uni. I just kind of was like, All right, I, I just need to get the degree and then, and then I'll just get a job and then I'll start earning money. And so I went through that and then I was just like, man, I, I, I've done everything for my parents, but I want to do something for myself. Um, and I wanted to represent and and have a bit more meaning um, to what I do. And and I love boxing, I still do. Uh, So I had like a a natural ability to do it. So I was just like, yeah, why not just go for it? Um, Do you think you
0: had natural ability or your brother had it, or you just had like a hunger for success?
1: um, I think we both had natural ability, but he had a a better athletic ability than I did. Uh, I probably had a better mental mindset than he did. And so I was able to kind of push through, whereas, um, you know, there's that classic kind of tale of fight or flight. So when you're in a, in a situation that you're like, oh, crap, what do I do? You either, either you know, run or you stand and fight. And, and so, you know, when you're in boxing, it, it's actually quite visual. Um, and uh, when that happens, when that occurs. And so in that case, I was like, cool, I'm going to fight through this, um, you know, injury, whatever adversity people are stronger than me people are quicker than me i'm gonna fight through i'm gonna find a way to get through i'm gonna cut the ring off i'm gonna walk them down Uh, i'm gonna have my defenses up i'm gonna set traps and so but you have to go through a lot of trials and tribulations before you get to that point um that experience uh coming through so very similar to to kind of your situation like having to try different things and you found okay cool i like this i'm gonna try yeah. And hit this vein as quick
0: as I can. Yeah. So we like I just had like two clients beforehand and I realized that like looking at my numbers and that but I think what it is it's like they like seeing what works and then apply it on their own. So I'm kind of curious to see after our chat if they apply some of the techniques that I used and see what if that works for them as well now.
1: What what's some of the what's some of the specific? I mean if you can go into some of the specifics, but what, what's some of the techniques that you
0: for um, them to do uh, like I noticed like the they um the headline it's like maybe for me I'm always like one person in particular just did videos and it's like you, you need to start doing uh, other content like mm-hmm. mix it up with text because text generally gets more engagement but videos has brand high brand trust factor so I didn't say don't do videos i just, just mix it up now because you've got the cadence for videos and I just showed them like some techniques um on how to like increase engagement. And the first one is like, oh, uh, that first line, it needs to be polarizing. And I think, I think people like my content because I grab their attention, but I also provide good value and I entertain them. I think my last one was like, um, professionals are smart, but you're shit content creators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's um, attention that's grabbing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you see what I did there? Uh, and um but in it's like i mean it in the nicest way because like you guys spent one third of crafting and honing your techniques and and when i ask you the questions you guys know the answers to it so it's not like you don't know your shit but just the way you deliver it sometimes is not that great and then i talk about common mistakes i did and then just because i know that like it looks quite arrogant of what i did it's like Hey, I almost failed in English though, you know, but look at me now. I write stuff.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I did the exact same thing. I almost failed English in year 12 and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I'll be like at my, I'll be talking to my English teacher going, what, what do I need to say in order to get a pass in this? And then fast forward like five years after I graduated high school, I'm like, I got paid to write as a blogger um, in English. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And they, yeah. they encourage mistakes to some degree because it's authenticity, it's personality. And people, yeah. You know, yeah. So
0: like, so I, I think I piss off my writers sometimes because like I'm too rough <laughs> or too fast. Yeah. So I get all these little mistakes and then but it's like, yeah, my readers pick up on it. It's like, I get free editors.
1: Yeah.
0: Free, <laughs> free proofreaders. And like I trigger people, so I don't really mind. It means like they're taking the time to proofread my stuff. It's like, this is a really good post, but I think this is like, you just... I think this whole paragraph is copied and pasted. And it's like, oh, okay. And then I edit. it. Yep. So I'm fast enough to do that process myself.
1: Do you use Grammarly? When you yeah, write? I do. Yeah.
0: Well, but, you know, I think my best one was like my friend. Before Grammarly, what I did was like I had a friend explain why. And that probably worked for me. It's Like, you shouldn't write like this. Like, this is why. And he, instead of correcting it, he kind of like told me the structure of it. So then it sticks into my brain. Nice. Grammarly doesn't do that. Grammarly just tells you, like, you should do this. And I think the convenience is not that. It's like the reasoning is probably how I learn, and it's like why. And I, I'm teaching that to my members. It's like this is why it works. This is, and I share them the the whole methodology. Like, you know, I learned from a um, Avon sales lady. Um, they knock on the door, and their target audience is the house wise, right? So she sells us lipstick, A or B, red pink lipstick which is great because like just go choose one or the other so the content is like that too like you need to like do something that's like a or b because it's the same answer because both camps will come into it and it's like yes i prefer pink no i like red and hopefully the pink and red maybe fight together because then creates engagement but you just need to like prompt people to like have conversations Mm. and that post did really well because like i got like are you writing to me are you talking about me so
1: I kinda knew that I got content resonance with them. Yeah, cool. Um yeah. so just kind of jumping along, because I I'm keen to kind of hear more from you with regards to Gary V. And
0: Do you I like saw, Gary Vee?
1: Yeah, I like Gary Vee. I think when I first I so I first listened to him or first knew about him when he was on uh Chase Jarvis, uh, who's a photographer. And so Chase Jarvis did this like live type of podcast. it wasn't really podcasting it was just live interview format but it was in black and white which was kind of cool it was very different fresh and then he was on it he was cursing and swearing and i was just like cool i can relate to that because i swear like a truck driver especially living in sydney at that time yeah and i was just like cool and then i realized like he was doing a lot of content um around it and then he had his uh, like then this is when he just started bad media and then he was like over at buddy media like in his office i was like oh hey i know the guys from voting media this is so cool so it was just it was like cool to kind of see his story um and i liked it because he also came from immigrant background and his story is pretty simple in the sense that it's it's about hard work and dedication um doing the right things uh and and producing like in a consistent regular type of way mm-hmm. and and to find your passion through it but what about you like how did you how'd you get yeah how did you find him and then get to a where I
0: um, of talking to him i think I'm, my friend like i uh, was in hong kong when i interviewed him okay. and i've been following his journey for many years because if you're in a social media game um there's certain circles that loves him and adores yeah. him right. right um and they promote him so he has like a really good what i call a bit of a cult i feel like it's yeah. less of a cult now because like um they moved on and like there's a certain wave where the cult is like a super cult like they're super fans Mm -hmm. and then they um they get busy or they graduate from their learnings right so at the time i feel like i graduated from gary v's learnings because he's repeating it's like voice is the future yeah um you know i like asia but he hasn't really done much in asia um so this is this is his like yeah his first entry to that just context guys like i just want to share some context and, like, you know, Garvey is, like, someone who has a team behind him um, and like, he's able to produce quality content because, like, he's a machine because all he does is, like, act the talent and he has other people working on it. But I know that he's also hyper-aware or maybe he has A-H-D-H, whatever. Because I know he's like this. For some reason, I just had, a, a, like, he, know, he I know that he, on Twitter he's like this. He m- might not comment. He might not like but he's like this and video like what i did before like i got to interview him so like i sent a video and i got my friends to tag and like to to get the little buzz going on in it Mm -hmm. and i know i had a feeling that he'd at least seen my video or something like that like um and then like i um because i didn't get an official time to like interview him so there's only one door entrance in front of like um at the conference, I can't. Yep. I waited. I interviewed other people. I did other things. I didn't. And then I waited because I know like people will get buzzier around you They're, like because everyone's talking about Gary. Yep. And I like going up and it's like, hey Gary, like I send a video, can I have three minutes of your time just to like, ask you some quick questions? Mm-hmm. And DRock filmed me <laughs> using my phone. Like hold my phone. I had a, like a, d- um, a videographer but it felt like really authentic to me just like being like, Okay, I only have five minutes. So I asked him two or three questions. And he one's that he doesn't talk about social media, even though we're both talking about marketing. It's more about like something that's like topical. So I talk about like sexism in, um, in America or something like that. And he had something. He's a very good PR person, by the way. Yep. He had something. He always has something to say about stuff. So that's the cool thing about him. Um, and that's how I got an interview with Gary Vee. Yeah, nice. And I use, like, content cloud, like, every time I push it out on LinkedIn, it gets buzzy and interested. Yeah. So I, it's a reminder of me to, like, push it out again.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I think I saw the video on YouTube um, as I was, like, getting ready for this interview. And I like the fact that you have uh, MC Jin, ABC, like, the song kind of, like, mixed into it. I was like, oh, man. This oh, yeah, is so that's cool. a good
0: he, – he, like, good editor was quite good. Like, yeah. I think – I didn't edit that video. I was like more the talent. My right. role was like to he t- um, the director or that person who, who edited the video gave me a Gary Vee challenge. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I pre- mentally prepared and everything like that. But that guy is a very good editor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Because uh, to me, like that song was really, um, it kind of resonated to me only because of the story of, of him uh, as, as a singer, like, coming from nowhere and then coming and then talking about his, his history and then getting to a point where he's like, all right, cool. I'm comfortable where I am. And, and I'm just doing my craft, even though it's, it might be against the grain of a stereotypical Asian. So it was kind of cool. Um, so with that, you were able to get like a bit of buzz. Um, and then you, you was and in the meantime, you were kind of working on like, is it string media like your own thing at the yeah. time?
0: Yeah. Like it's still going because like, it's also an example of like a lot of people asking, is like, how do I maintain the company's brand and your brand? And I still get a lot of deal flow just for like being string. Right. Um, like Lenovo, like if you look at Lenovo's Instagram, I think there's some photos of me on the laptop already. Cool. Um, so that's like still happens. It's not like something I push, but I, I think being string is like has strong brand equity. Yep. something that I've built up for the last five years or like 10 years. So I've like decided like just to maintain it. Yep. Um, it's not, like, I don't think I want to be like the next Oprah or something like that, but I do want to help more people find their voice. And sure. I think like content creation helps them with that.
1: Yeah. And, and you're focusing a lot on LinkedIn. Um, is it? Yeah. I mean, and you have also been doing the live stream, uh, like segments as well. How's that been going lately?
0: Oh, yeah, the live streams, like I complained that my numbers are brought down, right? But it converted a few people. So it just, I guess, like, they just want to see who I am. Right. And I have to go back to video because that's, like, my, I remember, like, that's, like, my magic power. It's, like, my energy or my authenticity comes out much stronger. Yep. But text is just much easier at the moment, um, especially when I'm in product. So I did live streams because, like, I'm, I don't want to edit and editing takes too long. And yeah. And... So live streaming is just my way of like, um, I'm still testing it out, but the numbers are drawn dramatically down because the way that LinkedIn works is that it's not meant for long attention span.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The way like, you, know, you, you notice like the videos are shorter, the posts are meant to be like engaging and easy to consume. So, like, engaging on long live stream is asking for one hour of people's time on a social platform that people don't, they can hang out in, but it's not the way it's structured. It's not like YouTube where you could like, lean back and chill. So that's why, like, I think live stream, it's like you have to almost set it in a particular time zone or a particular time and where people could just tune in for that and know that, like, if they can't catch you in that time, they could, like, watch and replay it.
1: So have you been experimenting on different time zones to like capture, like say the Australian mm-hmm. Eastern standard time and U S yeah, time? Yeah. Like
0: my biggest audience is in America.
1: Okay. Okay. Um,
0: I had to wake up. At, I think I'm testing out like seven 30 or eight in the morning on Friday times. Cause it's mm-hmm. like Friday chill, but I noticed like Fridays is the worst time. So, but I just have to like stick with it and just like develop habits really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Think, um, it's just, it's just hard work. Video is hard work, people. Even though I love creating content, even now, like, I'm looking at the wrong way when the camera should be properly, like, here. So, see how I'm optimising? I'm still optimising. The lighting has to So this is me, like, I'm still learning every day. And every time I do a live stream, I just want to, like, get better one time, but, like, one aspect. Right. How can I improve the quality and the excellence of it? Yep. And I just do that just because I know if I make myself um, big goals I could achieve them but I to do little steps to move towards that goal
1: yeah it's it's interesting because it's uh you get reminded by certain people you talk to right and uh, I was recently talking to someone and he was just like I was like hey how'd you get to to where you are now like as a famous speaker and all this kind of stuff and he's like yeah it's just stacking like I was able to stack experiences and um, along the way to get to a certain point um and I was like, oh, yeah, actually, that is so true because I kind of do it with, you know, with what I do with sports but also with what I do as a, you know, as a, as a digital marketer, as consultant, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally right. So, yeah, I get you, man. I get you.
0: Yeah. Oh. And it's the same It's the same with everything. Like, you already – that's the thing about um, what I noticed about professionals is that they have so many years of knowledge when they learn new skills. They don't like the feeling of crapness.
1: Oh. Okay. Especially
0: when they're so comfortable with – they're excellent.
1: Yep. So, so when they
0: learn something new, it freaks them out.
1: Yeah. Just being uncomfortable, like being comfortable in an uncomfortable zone. Yeah.
0: Is even a new thing sometimes.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, so with with that in mind, like with live broadcast, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts like over the next, like for the rest of this year? Like, do you think it's going to grow? Do you think like for the LinkedIn yeah. couple?
0: You're like, Ooh. I probably should increase it because, like, I noticed, like, people engage in it. I think they want me to, like, talk to them. So I'm waiting for the comments to come through on um, LinkedIn or the third pl- platform side to add comments because, like, um, there's a few different ways of doing LinkedIn or live streaming. It's, like, one is to engage with people or, two, you have to make sure it's rewatchable. Yep.
1: Um,
0: And I think mine's rewatchable deliberately because I just want to make it more evergreen content. And, but when you like have conversations with people in the streams it breaks the flow so I'm just like I'm like one of those type of people like I over analyze right um so you just but commenting is important because like it allows them to it's just a different experience compared to like podcasting interactive it's like an interactive podcast how can you do that is like something that people think about all the time and I don't think we've cracked that nail yet maybe clubhouse has what's clubhouse I have you, it's the new trending top um me cat or something like that okay it's an interactive podcast apparently i haven't had access to it yet
1: oh okay um yeah. and with with the live stream with linkedin not everyone has access to that right no no okay how did you get access to it
0: because i had i always been a an early adopter things and i have like relationships um top voice Um, I was video centric. Um, The team knows me. I always have access to features on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I guess for for people who don't have access to say live, uh, fuck that, live LinkedIn. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: but they want to they want to kind of experiment on live broadcasting. Do would you recommend to like hey like maybe just get used to experimenting on, say, Facebook for instance. Yes. uh, And then build from that.
0: Instagram has it. Facebook groups has it, Facebook has it, even YouTube. But if you don't, like, do it where there's already an existing audience uh-huh. and don't do it once. Do it, like, as if you are doing a show once a week, once a time, um, like, 10 minutes or 20 minutes every day. Like, build that cadence because that's the habit. Like, that's the difference between a person who does it once off and a channel. Right. A channel rocks up and create content. And people know what time they go do that stream. It's just like we're building those cult habits or habitual habits for yourself and for your audience as well so they know when to tune in Uh because then it takes about like um, three months to even know that this content or this show exists sometimes. And and the first um, 10 videos will be crap but that's okay but you get better over time.
1: Uh, So always think of like the long-term elements, but also have the room and ability to adjust along the way to improve it.
0: Yes. You just keep on optimizing. And I guess like, that's why I always say like um, do one thing better the next time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you know, like, like what's, you know, for you over the next say few months, like what's, what are you going to be working on? And, and uh, you know, yeah. What are you going to be working on the next few months? Uh Oh,
0: so it's like I've been working on, I think I want to share my screen. I've oh, been yeah, working yeah. on this called the top five report where you uh, compare yourself to another person. And I feel like that's like the best way to learn, um, whether it be me or someone else that you like, like Gary Vee, and I mm-hmm. did one for Gary V, and he has way more numbers than me. But, yep. it, but just like learning from them, you get to see a bit of a, a taste of what is good quality content or engaging content. And hopefully that gives you enough to inspire you to say, hey, like, um, and sometimes the numbers are scary, but the whole point is just to see what their top fives are. Right. In the last 30 days or the last 30 posts. And this is a work in progress, but I'm hoping to launch this tomorrow. Um, and you could, like, test it out if you want to compare yourself to Gary Vee. I did one on Gary Vee. Because it's, it's that, like, um, that story. It's like I respect him as a content creator and he really likes LinkedIn a lot as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, I noticed he's been focusing a lot over the last like year and a bit on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. And then before that, it was like Instagram um, and TikTok. Uh, but, oh, no, not TikTok, Snap. Uh, but yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I was on Snapchat as well. But mm-hmm. I like closed that loop after six months because I realized it was hard to monetize. Yep. But the friends I made on it, it was amazing. I met a lot of influencers, but I would not like... Um, You just need to know when to cut your losses as well. Yeah, Uh, LinkedIn is a great place to build content and personal branding.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think also for for people like you and I where, you know, our key audience, I guess, are businesses or individuals um, in those kind of spaces. I think LinkedIn is so, it's much more authentic in the sense that, oh, I, I know who you are. As a person, it's not just this fake kind of like persona or this persona of like, oh, this person just travels a lot, so blah blah blah. Like, so, no, nah, this person writes. This person, you know, I can see the content that this person shares. So it's, I don't know. For me, anyway, it's just a platform that allows me to kind of get to know a person business-wise, and then also then reach out to them to see if I actually like them personally. Uh, if I get yeah.
0: yeah, I think so. I think I, I think when I first started in LinkedIn three years ago um i was on zero and i really thought it was like a shitty resume place but once it came I, but that's where the opportunity came right because like um i noticed that if i just created good quality content and engaging content people would just come and it did because like they know what i represent they want to know how to create videos or create um personal branding or linkedin marketing they come to me now and yep. i did like always had to like because I had opportunities to do just video, had opportunities to do this and that. So I just had to hone in on something that I know that I could provide heaps of value to. Yeah. And um, within like LinkedIn marketing, I could teach them videos. I could help them with writing. I could help them how to like position themselves as a brand. So that's why I chose LinkedIn over video. And video for me, I realize is like not everyone's a video creator. Uh-huh. I'm a video creator. but it doesn't mean that you're a video creator but i know that you have an amazing story so let's just like help you work on that story and yeah. their delivery maybe words is your power videos not so much but some people really love videos
1: yeah i, I like i like the theme of, of story like at the end of the day it's all about the story that you tell and how you tell it um that gets either a sale over the line or, or gets you a new job or brings <laughs> connections here and there so it's all about the story which is really good um yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you want to share besides the screen?
0: <laughs> oh, um, that's about it. Well, if you're, I guess that this is where my pitch comes in. Right. If, if you're a professional or leader and if you want to train your staff on how to do better on LinkedIn through authentic personal branding, reach out. I'd love to like, have a good chat with you and help you.
1: Yep. And, and uh, the best way to reach out, obviously, is LinkedIn.
0: Yes. Just like I mentioned, like I saw you on Andrews video.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well with that in mind, um, thank you so much for your time and for everyone at home. I'll put all the links and show notes uh, links in the show notes below. Uh, and until then, I will see you in the next video. See ya.